You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good boy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 170, the Back to the Beach edition. Oh yeah. So last we left our globe trotting hero. Uh, globe trotting? Yeah, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the uh, west coast. I think it's just map charting uh, map trotting right now. <laughs> Lives on the west coast, the uh, sunny state of California, celebrating uh, his birthday, his annual trip to celebrate the uh, the time of his birth. Yes. Another 365 days, you know, another rotation around the sun, you know. (laughs) Uh, Caught up with his California buddy, Ryan. California California, Ryan. California (laughs) Ryan's son, Sebastian. No, Nate. Nate. (laughs) Sebastian. (laughs) Uh, California Ryan's girlfriend, uh, yet to be named. Stacy. We'll name Stacey. her Stacy. And uh, Stacy's uh, BFF. Yeah, I don't know BFF, but good friend. And I'm, uh, be okay. honest with you, I'm not really sure of her name. <laughs> so I got a couple a couple questions, a couple comments, a uh, little feedback on the first part of the trip, right? Yes. A couple things. One, um, California Ryan has grown on me. Has he? He he did because I think that is really cool that he came down uh, to visit you while you were in California, and he's from San Jose. That's not super close to LA. No, it's kind. Of, I think it took him like six hours to get there or something. It's a huge trip. It would be the equivalent of you flying into New Jersey and BP coming down to visit you from Boston. Yeah, right? which is not something you're expecting is going to happen. Forget about the the. I wouldn't the expect impl- anybody from Massachusetts to do that. Although I'm not surprised when the guy from New Jersey drives to Massachusetts like you do. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. This isn't a. This is not a. This is not a. A, a, a fry Boston situation. <laughs> This is not a fry. It's always fun to twist the knife a little bit, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a practical exercise. This is a, this is a practical exercise. No, I wouldn't exercise. expect anybody to do it because it's a pain in the ass. I don't even like to drive an hour. So yeah, I, I completely okay. understand. Yes. So totally. I don't blame Brian or anybody for not driving to New Jersey if I go to New Jersey. Yes. But it goes to reinforce the effort that California Ryan has put in to come visit you. So I think that's really cool. I think that's cool. Yeah, Ryan Ryan was one of my first friends at college, you know, and so he's one of my oldest friends at this point, post high school, you know? And and you've got some stories that have some legs, 
right? You had some college stories that you've relayed. He was actually even he actually brought that up how he um the story with Maniac when he drank after Maniac that time. Yes. And he he told, you know, he he was He's like, yeah, I had Stacy listen to that episode, that podcast where you told the story about me drinking after Maniac and all that. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and, and my only, my only real beef with California Ryan, it's twofold, but it has to do with, with the same issue, is that he complained about the content that we delivered, specifically content that I <laughs> delivered. Right, and that content about like happened two years ago. Yeah, yes, totally. Well, like five years ago or whatever. And, and here's the problem: is that I'm relying on a secondhand account of his feedback, so it's through you, and I yeah, should but- know better. I should know better than to believe you <laughs> at face value because you're the biggest fucking needler there is. Yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't even like it wasn't even the content. Right? He said, so, you know, I think he he originally tuned in thinking we were going to discuss exclusively like orange hoops, you know? Right, right. So in his defense, you know, and in a lot of people's defense, I think we did bait and switch a lot of people on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, which, which is totally understandable. But the fact that you relayed that information. On his behalf, or or probably unbeknownst to him, like oh, totally really stuck in my him. craw. Yeah, I'm right? sorry. I'm sorry. Now I feel like I'm. Now I feel like I'm tearing up open old wounds and shit. And now I'm gonna <laughs> piss him off. You know, from <laughs> shit that happened in 2013. <laughs> no, but this is where it all comes together. This is where the two sorry excuses universe heals. Right is is you ask and the two star excuses universe will provide, and by him visiting you in Southern California actually shows me what kind of guy he is. So all sins are forgiven. Okay. Well, for what it's worth, Ryan was completely unaware that he had any indiscretions to be forgiven for. Right, because you actually throw him under the bus. <laughs> it's not like he calls you up and says, hey, hey, man, listen, do me a favor. Tell that Sanders guy that, uh, you know, I don't want to hear about his fucking nephew. Dude, and I love it. I You're think- like Michael Jordan. You've been sitting this grudge for four and a half years. Because <laughs> <laughs> so- this definitely is a conversation from like at least at least four and a half years ago. Oh, easily. Yeah, because it's the early days of the pod, which started in late 2013, I believe. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I want to say it it's was like born in 2012, four. so we started a year later. It's our first four episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can remember where I was when he was talking about, oh, I expect more. I was, I was at some little event down in the quarter, like some happy hour thing. I remember right. him calling me and having a conversation on the phone. And that was a long fucking time ago. It was around Thanksgiving. So so that's uh, point, point number one. Um, point number two, 
no question. So it's point number one. It's point in question. Question is number two. Um, is so in the first part. Uh, in the first part of this episode, we kind of recount. Um, you know, the day that you guys spend, you go to the beach and his girlfriend, Stacy takes off with, with her friend and they kind of do their own thing in one of the, well, they went the- separately from us. You know, we took one car, they took another car cause they had two cars, you know? Oh, they came down in two cars. Well, because her friend, her friend, actually, she, she met her years ago through work and oddly enough, her friend lives in Memphis. So her friend flew in, you know, and I think, had a rental car, you know? So she flew in and met her, you know, they got there the day before I did, you know? Yeah. But okay, I think so- that's what happened. Cause then the friend left on, I think the friend was supposed to leave Sunday night. Yeah. I think, I think the friend left Sunday night. Like she had, her flight was Sunday night, but I think that's so what she, she did. She flew in and, and had a rental and met them. So meanwhile, Ryan, Stacy and Nate drove down from San Jose. Oh, so her friend, she calls up her friend who who is like essentially the equivalent of you, an out of stater, and says, "Yeah, I think they have work connections together. Like that's how they originally met. Like Stacy, I think originally might be from Chicago or something, because she's a big Bears fan, you know, okay. and she's like my age, and I think." Um, I think work is what, you know, like a lot of people in California, you know, they end up there from other places, like Ryan's from fucking the Berkshires, you know, Great Barrington area, you know. So the friend flies in just because, hey, whatever, maybe it's her birthday or she's got credit card miles or she's never been to L.A. or whatever it is. Yeah. Stacy's going to be in L.A. and this is a great opportunity to hook up. And Yeah, it was kind of a convenient thing, like to be able to do, hey, do a little a little trip anyway you know okay all right yeah now did when do you you hit the baseball game sunday right sunday 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 was all about the baseball game basically okay well actually waking up early and watching the friggin' world cup final which which out there started at 8 a.m you know because you're on the west coast whereas it started 11 where you were watching right yeah yeah right and I wanted to watch, of course, because it was Croatia and Jacob, you know, the Croatians down here, you know, like oh. Jacob and all those guys are Croatian. They were very invested in it, you know. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, of that's course, I was rooting for Croatia, you know. And um, so, um, unfortunately, you know, France crushed them, but it would have been a big deal. Croatia had won anyway, a country of like fucking three million people or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. right. So I got up in, it in the morning, watched that, and um, you know, went down and ate breakfast. Well, I think well, ate breakfast while the game was going on. We watched, you know, they had big TV down there, you know, in the breakfast area, and then um, the game was for one fifteen or whatever. I think we left maybe like um, might have left like around eleven or so. So head out there, you know, checking on what the best time for traffic was and all that. And we got tickets. And the tickets, I bought them off of StubHub. And I was like, well, you know, we can sit in the bleachers, you know. Uh, and it was like, if you sit in the left field bleachers, tickets were like before fees or whatever. They were like 
$38, something like that. If you sat in the right field bleachers, tickets were like 40 something dollars. But they were the all you could eat section in the right field. Okay. You know? I was right. like, fuck that. I've never been to all you could eat section. It's like, that's definitely worth the bump up in price. Yeah, for an you extra know? eight bucks or ten bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, extra ten bucks basically or whatever it was. Even if it was fifteen, I don't even know what the difference was. Whatever it was, it was worth it because of the cost of friggin' concessions. And it was really worth it. It's not beer, obviously, but it's water and soft drinks and hot dogs, nachos, popcorn and peanuts, you know? Yeah. And it's definitely worth it to have access to water, you know? Yeah. Now, I mean, because wondering... I don't even drink soft drinks, really, you know? Uh, you went on a Sunday afternoon. I wonder if... It was so fucking hot out there, too, you know? Yeah, so where was where was the shade in the stadium? Well, where... it definitely wasn't the bleachers, but what you can do, like, the area under the bleachers is where, like, the, the, um, the all-you-can-eat, the refreshments and everything are, you know? And, like, the good all-you-can-eat thing, you go into, like little like ropes you know for the food and you 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 grab like a little cardboard tray and you and if you want the popcorn you grab a bag of popcorn you want peanuts you grab a bag of peanuts then you know then they got the dude putting hot dogs up and nachos and you grab all that shit you know now did they limit it could you just no you could keep coming back and you could take like uh when we left nate took like he took two hot dogs he's like well because stacy was picking us up yeah. Stacy didn't go to a game. She just drove us out there, you know? Okay. And um, he said, well, I want to get a hot dog for Stacy, you know? So he grabbed two, one for himself that never got eaten. But, but as we're walking out, we see, like, this lady, and she's got, like, 20 of them. There's no limit on it. No way stop okay. you. Like, because what are they going to do with these fucking hot dogs anyway? You know? So with each pass through the line, you could have grabbed 10 hot dogs. Yeah, like at first, you know, you go through and you just grab one of each. And then the second time around, yeah, first time around, grab the bag of peanuts, you know, um, grab bag of peanuts, nachos, and a hot dog, you know. And I had a uh, a beer. I had it Michelada style, too, the Michelada upgrade. Um, wait, 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 what's that? Michelada, like that's, um, you ever see if they take a beer and they put Clamato in, they rim the glass. You know, and it's it's very popular with Latin people, which is why it's oh. available at the Do- at Dodger Stadium. You know. Yeah. Wait, you had one in Mexico, right? Yeah, in Mexico it was done a little differently. It was the same thing, but what they put around the rim was like more like the more like a tomato paste type of, you know, not tomato paste, but it was, you know, more like that. You know. Yeah, I follow you. I follow. You. Yeah. Whereas here it was just kind of like the dust, you know, that they rim it and. And you know, and they got the clamato at the bottom of it. You know, it's 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 a common drink. It's it's a very popular drink with Latins. So, so there is a uh, beer concession in in the bleacher, all you can eat area. You just got to pay for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. you walk around the stadium like we grabbed. I only we got two beers. You know, they were big beers, like twenty four ounce beers, and they were probably like. Um, you know, like fifteen fucking dollars, whatever. You know, for twenty-four ounce beers, that's not terrible for a baseball stadium, because I think they charge you like nine dollars for like a twelve ounce at Fenway or some shit. You know. 
So um, you, and, but you pay s- an extra six to seven bucks for the Michelada upgrade. But I'm like, I gotta do it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so right. my first especially, one like that, you know? Especially since you got a, such a savings on the rest of the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I gotta do it like that anyway since I'm out here, you know? And uh, see, if I went, if I took Cole to the all you can eat, if I took him to the baseball game, we sat. In the all you can eat, I'd let him upgrade to the Michelada style beer. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No questions asked. That 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 would be no problem. But hey, I got a question for you, a logistical uh, question. You're sitting in the bleachers. You yes. have access to the rest of the stadium. Yeah, you can walk around the rest of the stadium. We okay. had to walk around. The, we had to walk around the stadium to get into the bleachers. You know, like we had to walk through the concourse. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, which seems to me kind of odd for an old stadium because definitely in Fenway, when you sit in the bleachers in Fenway, you, well, you're you only in the bleachers. Interesting you said. One thing you were talking about where the where you get away from the um, sun anyway, the shade. Well, here's yeah. one thing. Like we were, um, like the sun was beating down on us hard too, you know? Yeah. And um, we were dressed very casually. Like, I was in a friggin' tank top because I knew it was going to be a hot. We had our, you know, we had uh, sunblock with us. But um, but then we lost the fucking sunblock because uh, <laughs> we got up to go and somebody grabbed it, I guess, which fucking blows me away, you know? Oh, free sunblock, you know? Right, right. Um, but it was like in the middle innings, it was like the fifth inning or something, or like let because you can go under the bleachers, like in the area where you get everything, and then they got TVs all down there, and they have seating areas and stuff, and then you can just hang out and stand around and get away from the friggin' sun. And it's not so bad as long as you're away from the sun, because at certain areas you can feel like a nice breeze coming in and shit, you know. And then we went back out there for the seventh inning, and the end of the game, you know. Right. And um, actually, for the last, like, um, for the last, like, inning and a half, we we went to a different area because we were like, well, we got to get closer to where Stacy's going to pick us up or something, you know, closer to the exit. Um, but which was fine because it's this other area and it's kind of, it's actually shitty seats. So it's probably a cheaper ticket technically. Uh, but it's all like a little garden area, like uh, you know, like beer garden type of thing, and they got stools all along the rail. But you're way fucking far away, you know, way back. But the team stores right there, which I was fine with, because I was like, well, my 42nd birthday, I was like, I'll go buy a Jackie Robinson shirt, ah, nice. 42, you know, and I'm like, they'll have it at the team store. I go in the team store, I'm looking for anything. I didn't want a jersey really, because. Jersey, they're going to charge you like two hundred fucking dollars. I just wanted a t-shirt, yeah. right? Like a batting practice. Yeah, play. yeah, something like that. You know, like the t-shirts with the numbers on them. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm looking around, and they got a t-shirt for every current guy. They got numbers for past guys. They're selling a Ron Say jersey for three hundred fucking dollars. You know, <laughs> Ron fucking Say. You know, I got the Kurt Gibson. I understood why that one was being sold because it's Kurt fucking Gibson, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because of that home run, you know? Right. And um, and I'm looking around like, I don't see any 42. And I know it's not because because I come across shit 
And and I overheard when a guy in the stadium, they're talking, the loudspeaker, PA, they're talking about the history from hundred something many years of history from Brooklyn to LA, you know? And right. then they're selling Brooklyn Dodgers attire in the team store. So I know it can't because at first I'm like, maybe they're not selling the shit because he didn't play for LA. He only played for Brooklyn. You know, and I'm looking, I was like, but they're selling Brooklyn shit here. And I go up to a person kind of I was like, Y'all don't have anything with number 42 on it? And she's like, Nope. I'm like, how the fuck can the Los Angeles Dodgers not sell anything with the number 42 on it? Yeah, what well, what's the rationale? Uh I mean, she's not gonna give me the rationale. But I don't know. I tweeted at him the next day. The Dodgers, they never responded. You know? So it's not like they were just sold out. Yeah. They're like, she's like, oh, we don't sell that. I was like, you don't sell Jackie Robinson stuff? She's like, nope. I'm like, you figure that would be a big seller. Especially considering Magic Johnson's one of the owners of the team. It's not like it's owned by some fucking waspy white guy. Yeah, I wonder if it has something to do with like the you know the rights and his foundation owns the rights or something like that yeah but i don't know how you can do that i mean they got the right to his number you know and the, the major league baseball retired the number 42 like 10 or 12 years ago you remember that yeah yeah all no team no player yeah like mario rivera had it because he still had because anybody that was wearing it when they retired it could keep it Right. But after that, no one can wear it, you know? So have you tried to go on whatever, MLB shop or well, Amazon? Well, no, because the moment was lost. <laughs> but just out of curiosity. No, I didn't. I didn't. But I did text. I did tweet at the Dodgers. I mean, I thought about doing that. But when I was out there, it's the last thing I thought about doing. But maybe I'll do it. But it, but it's kind of like I'm not going to. They probably do sell it through the team shop online or something. It just blew me away that it's not available in the team store, which <coughs> which is a pretty big team store within the stadium, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were talking about, like, Fenway. How you, that's one thing I noticed about Dodger Stadium, and that's one of the reasons they moved out there. You know, they got this huge parking lot, and the game was probably technically sold out, but it definitely wasn't, like, attended sold out that day. Right. Like, there was probably twenty to 30,000. 20,000 people at the, at the stadium, you know? And what's it's it old? Probably 50-something thousand, I bet, okay. you know? Okay. Because okay. it's a stadium that was built like in 1960 or something, you know? Y- yeah, yeah. In the 60s. Um, and they they have a huge parking lot, you know, and getting out of the park. It's like, dude, it must suck if there actually ever is a game where it's fu- – when there is a game that's sold out, you know, where it's fully attended because – it wasn't even a full stadium, you know, not even close to being a full stadium. It took us like a half hour just to get out of the fucking parking lot, you know, after we got in, like, uh, after we got in Stacy's car, you know? Yeah. Which is friggin' insane, you know? And, um, and one, is it one way in, one way out? I or guess like it must have been. It's just they got small. all these. Yeah, I think it might be one ultimately one way in, one way out though, because it is like it's in a mountain, basically. You know, okay. like whenever you watch, whenever you would watch Dodgers games, they would say, "Oh, Chavez Ravine," you know, and you know what a ravine is? It's a big hole in a mountain. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's what it literally is. Like you driving when you drive to the stadium, you're driving into like a mountain. It's kind of crazy, you know. So like. 
where is it in relation to some of the stuff that it's really not that far away from Hollywood. You know, like if you look at a map, it's really not that far away from all that. You know? Okay. Like right. if you look at a map of LA, it's not too far from Hollywood and all that stuff, you know? Okay. Like in a grand scheme of things. Is it is it close to the highway? Like is it easy to get to except for traffic? Yeah, but there's like you come out there and it's like you can go one way, you know, because they got the 101 and the 102, you know? <laughs> You know, L.A. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, you go this way, 101, you go that way. Oh, it's, the, you know, that's the 110 or whatever. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, it's it's quintessential L.A., you know, you go into the maze of, of freeways, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but, like, but, like, walking around the stadium, like, you get the feel of, like, being an older stadium. But, like, with more of the modern conveniences, like the bigger concourses, you know? Like, it's like... What? Has it been renovated, or that's the re- how they originally did it? It probably has been renovated somewhat, but it, but they probably did a lot of it like this when they built it. Because it was built in the 60s, you know? Like, you look at Fenway, you go to Fenway, you go to Wrigley, those places are all built in the early 20th century, you know? And, like, yeah, 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 you're yeah, building yeah. a stadium in 1960, you know, you're definitely thinking about building it. You probably naturally had larger concourses, you know, uh, than they, you know. I mean, I know. Yeah, okay. I got to remember. So my, so my experience with the old Yankee Stadium, that was an old stadium. That was built I mean, like, they, like in the twenties or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now they did renovations, but they still they still couldn't increase the size of the concourse. Yeah, there's only so put- much so many places you can go with the concourse, especially in a baseball stadium. Like a football stadium you can remove seats and shit more easily because the field, you know. But baseball, you're kind of dealing with the confines of the field because that's kind of what they're built around the field first, you know? Right, right. But with all that said, that Dodger Stadium has to be the third oldest stadium in the league, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, probably at this point. I mean, what could be older, obviously, other than Wrigley and Fenway, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't think of anything older, you know? It's fucking ridiculous. The Braves are in their third stadium in the past 20 years now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's that's always been like my question is it does it just have that much like when they built it in the 60s did they take so much into account that it's still like to this day it's a relevant and practical design. That's what I can't tell you whether the concourses are as big as they were, but I'm sure they were definitely bigger than what fucking Fenway was. Like, you don't feel the same crampness that you feel in Fenway. You know, like, it's definitely not as airy as, like, when you go to, like, a modern stadium, you know, one that's been built in the past, like, 10 years, you know? But it's definitely not that... course is ridiculous. You could land a plane. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely not that feeling, like, when you go to Fenway and you feel like someone's up your ass all the time, you know? Right. Right. You know, like it's 
It's definitely got wider bursts than that. Um, but, I mean, they also had a lot of land to deal with out there. It wasn't like when they were in, caged in in Brooklyn, you know, where they had nowhere to put anything, you know? Because you never hear them talk about, at least not here on the East Coast, is you never hear them talk about, we need a new stadium in, in L.A., the Dodgers need a new stadium, blah, blah, blah. They're threatening to move, or this is an issue. You know, you'll hear that with all teams, right? Yeah, and I don't think... Um, I don't think you ever will because Dodger Stadium's a great stadium. And now, like, when it was built, it was probably like, oh, what a fucking crap hole new stadium. The way, you know, the way, like, you might look at, like, the Miami Marlins new stadium, you know? But now it's got, you know, it, it's the home of the Dodgers. And they've been, you know, they're, they're a legendary franchise. And Dodger Stadium is its own thing. And it's got, like... You know when you see Dodger Stadium, you know, like you know when you see the outfield with the uh, with the roofs that go up and down, you know, like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm picturing it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, it's a distinctive stadium that you don't want to get rid of. And you know, you got palm trees in the stadium. You know, like just it's very Southern California. And the funny thing is, like, um, you know, it's got and it as a. There's a large, diverse crowd at a Dodgers game, too. I'll say that much, you know? Like, yeah, you right. see, yeah. uh, you see a, you know, you see the whole rainbow of life. You see a lot of Latins out there, you know? And, um, and I'll say, like, Ryan and Nate, they were kind of like a little annoyed anyway because they're big Giants fans, you know? Um, oh, okay. Ryan used to be a Mets fan, but he, you know, grow, living out there and then raising a son out there, basically for ninety-five percent of the time he's been living out there, he's been raising his son. You know, um, as his son came up, you know, they got into watching Giants games together. So they're both big Giants fans. You know, yep. Um, being that they live in San Jose, and they're, you know, it was like, oh, well, this sucks. We're gonna have to go watch uh, the Dodgers. Oh, I fucking hate that franchise because that's their nemesis, you know? Yeah. And, but, but then he, Ryan, like, says to Nate at some point, he's like, you gotta admit, you know, it's like, it definitely seems like the fans here are more into being here for the game than the fans are at a Giants game. And I was like, yeah, well, that, I was like, yeah, that seems like it would make sense to me because if you remember watching a Giants game before they built that stadium, there weren't lots of people that went to Giants games. You know, even when they had good teams, right? you know, like, it's like, I was like, yeah, I was like, a lot of people go to Giants games because of the, because of the location of the fucking stadium, right? They're like, yeah, totally. You know, like, it's like a, yeah. a scene, you know, but it's kind of what you expect from, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You got to You got to remember the population up there. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, that's what it's all about. Very much the same way that people go to Knicks games because it's a hot ticket. Yeah, yeah. They want to be there because of the cashier getting the ticket, not because uh, they actually want to watch the Knicks. Yeah. San Francisco is the, you know, is the West Coast sports town version yep. of New York. The one exception of- that I know definitely is the Niners. And my whole world was changed about that years ago. When the Saints played the Niners in that playoff game, I think it was like 2011, 
when they fucking lost the last second of the year. Um, yeah, it was because it was one of the years the Giants ended up winning the Super Bowl because the Saints probably would have won the fucking Super Bowl had they fucking not blown that game because uh, they would have been hosting the friggin' um, NFC Championship game again. Right. You know, um, but anyway, uh, it was uh, fucking all these Saints fans came back talking about the friggin' terrible treatment from the fans. You know, how fucking terrible the Giants fans, I mean, the yeah, the 49ers fans were. And, uh, and then, like, that's what I looked into. And it's like, oh, well, that's, 49ers are an old franchise. They're older than the fucking baseball team, you know? And the fans that are these hardcore asshole fans, these are like the San Franciscans of pre-hippie San Francisco. You know, right. These right, are the right, San Franciscans right. of longshoremen and blue collar San Francisco, you know, and that's kind of why they moved to friggin Santa Clara anyway, because most of the Niners fans don't live in the city of San Francisco anymore because they're not fucking multimillionaire tech people. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Whereas baseball is more of a sport that's popular, more baseball is more popular with people who are like, you know, like your nerdier set, you know? Yeah, because there's a there's a a social element to it. Yeah, it's more of a gentleman's game than football is. E- exactly. Yeah, like George Will waxes poetically about baseball. He don't wax shit about football. <laughs> right. And baseball lends itself to multiple activities within the activity. Yep. It's totally that whole George Carlin routine, the difference between baseball and football, you know? You know, uh, the, you know the routine, yeah. huh? You know, it's like, oh, baseball, you know, is like being at a picnic, you know, uh, and everybody gets along. It's like, whereas at a football game, you know, at any given moment, you could kill the guy next to you or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it totally speaks to the two different elements, you know. But it, but I'm so glad it went to Dodger Stadium because it is definitely a cool place to go, and it's definitely, it's definitely a place to see. And I'm just happy Mike Trout didn't try to kill the Queen, you know, because it was 30 years ago that that another California Angel star tried to do that. California Angel star Reggie Jackson when he tried to kill the Queen. In Naked Gun? Yes. <laughs> I was like, it was 30 years ago this shit happened when the Angels decided to play a one-off home game in Dodger Stadium for some reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that who they played? Yeah, they actually played the Angels. You know? It was... And what sucks was Otani, you know, he's been kind of injured. You know, like he's yeah. not pitching anymore, but but he's not like starting. You know, they were taking they had him off on Sunday, but it was a tie game in the seventh inning, and they had the bases loaded. But whoever came up the bat, I forget who was at bat, but it was a regular player who you just couldn't pull. You know, yeah. yeah but Otani yeah, yeah. was on deck to pinch hit, but then but it was two outs and the guy at bat got out. You know, I think he was struck out. And then, um, 
And then when the next inning came up, Otani wasn't up to bat, you know, because they were going to put him up there if they had been on base, you know, but they're just not going to throw him up there, pinch hit with with nobody on, you know? Right. Like, he's there if he could knock in, you know, a few runs, you know? So that sucked. But uh, Clayton Kershaw pitched, Trout played. Neither of them were spectacular, but it was still cool to be at a game where two of the top player, the best player in baseball right now, Trout is playing, and one of the top three pitchers in baseball is pitching. Yeah. You know, so it was really cool. That yeah. is cool. I, yeah, because imagine... originally you wanted to, I wanted to go to – what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Originally I wanted to go to Bobblehead Day the day before, which is Clayton Kershaw Bobblehead Day. And then I was t- Ryan's like, oh, maybe we should do like this, blah, blah, blah. And then I looked, and I was like – I was like, yeah, fuck it. We don't need to go bobblehead day. I was like, I was like, and Kershaw's pitching Sunday, actually. So fuck it. I'd rather actually go see Kershaw pitch. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it was really cool. It's a beautiful stadium, and you know, and it's what you think of. You think of California baseball, you know, and the Dodgers, you know, people's late arriving fans, you know, but I think another reason the fans are so late arriving is because they're stuck in traffic, you know? That's what I've always assumed was the cause of them being late arriving fans. I know the whole, uh, you know, California mystique and the L.A. vibe, you know, we'll get there when we get there. But I've always just assumed that it's because traffic sucks. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it because... We had to leave like two hours early just to get there for on time, you know? Okay. And that's that's not leaving two hours so you can get a few beers before the game starts. That's leaving two hours just so you can get in the stadium, get your beer, get your refreshments, and sit down for first pitch. You know? How how many miles? I I can't I can't attest to that. You know, I mean, I don't know. We were in a town of Agora Hills. You can look it up. You know, you can you can clock. I know you like to do stuff like that, so you can <laughs> clock it on. I got to assume it's within 30 miles. Oh, yeah. It was, it might have been 20 something miles away or so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So you're taking a, you're taking a two hour, two, a, you're taking two hours to make a 30 mile trip. Um, which, you know what? That's probably, if I'm going to Yankee Stadium, which is less than 45 miles. I'm, yeah, I'm probably giving myself a two-hour cushion to to get that done. Yep. Yeah. So okay. right. yeah, because I mean that's the funny thing about California. They text, and I had that conversation with it. Um, you know, I was taking some lifts and stuff around town when I got in um, Hollywood and stuff. Um, and I was. One driver in particular, he was a guy that was raised out in the Santa Monica area, I guess he was telling me. He was he was the the guy that drove me from the airport and this guy were the two out of like the five or six different people I had drive me, they were probably the the two they were the only two native uh Angelinos, you know? Okay. Um and I was talking and a guy I work with is from California, but he's from Central Valley area. You know, more northern California, closer to like Fresno type of area. Um, but he knows L.A. You know, he's like, yeah, because he's been there a few times. Uh, I think he went to Santa Barbara. You see Santa Barbara's is his alma mater. Um, 
but he was before I went out there. He's like, yeah, you know, you take the subway, no one takes it, you know, and so. Um, and I did take the subway a couple of times, and it's not like being like in Boston or New York. You know, you're not sitting there all cramped up at the platform. You know, even like doing prime time hours. You know, <laughs> and um, conversation I was having with one of the drivers, a guy in Santa I was like, "See, I was like, I was like, I filled up my gas tank the day before I, the day I left. I filled up my gas at Costco for two thirty five a gallon, same price I filled up for today." Get out to California, the cheapest gas I saw was like three sixty nine a gallon. Holy you know? shit. Yeah, and it's like the thing is what they're doing is they're trying to punish drivers for driving, you know, with all these fucking taxes on gas, just like the soda tax shit that they do in places and, you know, cigarette taxes. They're trying to punish people for it, but it doesn't amend their behavior. You know, because you built a whole Southern California's expansions all built on the vehicle, you know? So it's like you're going to tell people after you've been fucking feeding them Route 66, all that bullshit, all the romanticism and everything, all the building of the highways, the way that L.A. went from like a decently sized city to the second largest city in the country and... Uh, a fairly brief amount of time, you know, like it's all built on the car. So you're going to tell people, oh, don't drive anymore, you know, but they're, you know, and it's like, it's not gonna, um, and like this guy's like telling me, he's like, yeah, there used to be great public transportation out here, but it was like, you know, Henry Ford, you know, Ford, all the motor companies, they basically were like, tear this shit down because they were frigging flooding the market with cars, you know? So it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that being a story. I don't know if you had told me that or if I had gotten it from uh, maybe even like True Detective. Yeah, it probably was some because and I definitely heard it from two different people while I was out there told me the same story, basically, you know, a variation of it. It's like, oh, they used to have great public transportation out here in the 50s. You know, they had a whole rail system. And then, like, Ford and GM and stuff basically uh, had them dismantle it to build roads, you know, and flood it with the cars, you know? And, like, you know, obviously they were paying off the politicians to do this, you know? So it's like you got people all hooked on this, and then you're going to be like, but we don't want you driving so much, you know? Right. And And that's why the roads are packed up everywhere. People are addicted to driving out there. Yeah, you know? one of my favorite scenes in in uh, any movie, any movie, which is just really kind of encapsulates uh, the situation, is the scene in Swingers. Yeah, where they all go to the party, but they all take their own cars. Yeah, you know, it's funny that that scene came up when I have a conversation with somebody. We brought that shit up. You know, they all drive individually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you when you're in New York or you're in the metro area in New York even. You know, it's nice to have a car, but you're more inclined even if you have a car to drive into a commuter station even, you know? Like taking public transportation oh, so much more totally. ingrained in you growing up there than it is like in California, they're hooked on driving, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. There's so many people. I was talking to somebody uh recently who is an adult 
in her mid thirties, uh, just drove a car solo for the first time last month. Yeah, because she's a new she's a New Yorker. There's 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 oh, no okay. need to. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's... why would you? You know, you, you everything everything can be delivered in New York. You know. Yeah, and it's so much more of a hassle to to have a car. And yeah. the limited times I've been out in California, like the infrastructure lends itself to having a vehicle. Even up in Northern California. Yeah. Like you you know, you want to go to In N Out Burger. Well, there's not one near the hotel. You gotta get on the highway and drive to the In N Out Burger. Yep. Yeah. In New because- York City. There would be an in and out burger on every other corner. Yeah, but it's because it's all a post-50s boom, you know? Yeah. yeah it's all post-World War II expansion, you know, which is the era of the car. You know, that, that's why I always separate, like, you know, it's like you get past west of the Mississippi, and it's like with the exception of a few cities, it's like most of the big cities out there or like that, like you go to Denver, you know, it's like it's common to live fucking a 30 mile drive away from the office. You know, it's all just fucking throw exurbs and, you know, the extended suburbs everywhere, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, speaking of In-N-Out Burger, did you did you have In-N-Out Burger? Yes, I did. We were supposed to go get it that Saturday was the plan. Okay. Uh, But then like. We started making our way to Malibu and, um, you know, we went to Santa Monica first in Venice Beach and, you know, dealing with the traffic on a Saturday, you just got to get moving. You're not going to turn around at a certain point, you know? Yeah. And Ryan's like having Nate as the navigator. He's like finding an outburger. He's like, oh, we, you know, at that point, it's like, oh, we already passed our best last chance. It was back that way. So we ended up just stopping. Actually, it ended up being like a little hole in a wall like a little hamburger stand place in Malibu that seemed to be like probably a cool little place because it looked like a cool little old place and I think there were like locals there you know type of place that you probably wouldn't yeah, go sure. so so we didn't go to in and out burger but when I got to Hollywood see we can move into Monday I guess um which is good because we gotta move on anyway so um so on Monday, you know, we checked out and we left and um, Ryan, Ryan, Nate, Stacy and I pl- uh, piled into the car and they drove me into the Airbnb place I was staying in Hollywood, was actually in a residential part of Hollywood, which is really cool, you know. I mean, it was a tiny little place, but it was perfectly fine, had a AC and everything, and it was in walking distance to a lot of stuff, you know. So uh, I'll just get in the whole Monday because it leads up to yeah. in and out Burger. Uh, you know, I'd been posting pictures to Instagram that were going to Facebook. And there's a guy that used to work at one of the bars. Um, he used to work at Kingpin, uh, which is the bowling-themed bar that was near Poor House in Back Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, real, he was a Berkeley College music kid. And he was buddies with the kid that lived upstairs from the Poor House. And over years, he became, you know, he would come in, hang out at the poor house while he was still a college kid. And about maybe five years ago or so, he came down through here because he he moved out to California. You know, he 
he works like as a session musician, teaches lessons. And then I think also he'll like, you know, get hired to like play on the road for groups, you know, like groups okay. that need musicians, you know, like a band, you know. And years ago he had uh, put up on Facebook, hey, I'm coming through New Orleans, you know, just general. I was like, hey, dude, I'm in New Orleans, you know. And and uh, when he came in, I hung out with him for a night, you know. When I got something to eat with him, took him down to Rock and Bowl, and we hung out. So, so like um, on Sunday, he's like, "You're in L.A. for how long?" Blah blah blah. It's like, it's like, dude, I'm getting in Hollywood tomorrow, and that's where I'll be staying until I leave on Wednesday. He's like, "We should hang out." I was like, "Yeah, cool." He's like, "Would you be interested in?" Sit-? And we we actually had each other's n- numbers in our phones, even though we didn't realize it at first. You know, we sent like Facebook messages. I'm like, here, text. Text me, here's my number, and he texts me and pops up Adam Porras. It's like, oh, I already had your number saved in my phone, probably from when you came to New Orleans. He's like, Yeah, I had yours too. He's like, You'd be interested in seeing some music? I'm like, Yeah, sure. Even though I'm not the biggest live music guy, it was probably gonna be some punk show or something, but I'm like, it's Hollywood, it's a cool thing to do, you know? Yeah. Um, he's like, All right, well, I'll be working till like 10. So I was like, Good, that's the deal. We'll do that. You come pick me up around 10 or so. And we'll go out because he actually lived in North Hollywood, like not far from where I was staying, you know, a few miles away. Um, but anyway, the day we leave the hotel first, I go in. There was a, you know, it was one of those Homewood suites. So there was a little gym in there. So I went and did a workout because I was like, I'm like, I got to get a workout in, yeah, especially after. Oh, when I went to All You Can Eat. I ate three fucking hot dogs. I ate nachos, <laughs> peanuts, three hot dogs, and I was wallowing. You know, I'm like, oh, and I was all stuffed on the beer. And it was hot. And it yeah. wasn't like a Fenway Frank is like a little regular size hot dog. The Dodger dogs are like foot long hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I'm like, I'm like, I gotta go work out. I was like, I'm gonna feel like the biggest piece of crap if I don't do anything between now and when I leave Wednesday, because I know I'm still going to be eating and stuff. Right. And um, so we get in there. So I go and work out. Then we, you know, we leave and they drop me off. And one of the things I wanted to do that was on my list was go to see a movie in the actual Chinese theater. You know? Okay. You know, yeah. the famous Chinese theater, which was virally known as Grauman's and then Mans and back to Grauman's and now it's called TCL. Like it's a naming rights deal with that Chinese TV maker TCL. Yeah. Um so I'm like my goal was I actually want to go see a movie in the Chinese theater because that's the cool thing about the theater. You know, it's not just to see it, it's to like experience it, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um and I'd read up about it. They had renovated it in the past like ten years or something. Now it's like a IMAX screen. But the problem is the website, I couldn't even tell what movie was gonna be playing because there's the original theater, which sits by itself, but then there's a Cineplex, you know, that's an annex of theirs, you know? So on the on the movie website, I couldn't tell whether what movie was going to be playing there. So I was like, well, I got there and, you know, it was Airbnb and they were supposed to, I got there a little early and they're like, oh, well, you can drop your stuff off. Just come back. We still got to finish cleanup. I was like, no big deal. I was like, I'll go walk off, you know? Right. So I walked down to 
where the theater was, which was like a mile and a half away. And it's funny because I was wearing this auto t-shirt, t-shirt with auto the orange on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh typical Hollywood thing, all these people hawking, like uh trying to hawk different tours and stuff along the street as you're walking. At one point uh, down there, there's uh, a guy, you know, uh, a brother. He's like, uh, he's like, he's like, hey. and he sees me. I'm like, no, I'm not interested. He's like, he's like, oh, we got the Jerry McNamara tour, uh, <laughs> the Sherman <laughs> Douglas tour, the Derek Cohen tour. I'm like, I was like, ah, oh, good knowledge. You don't get, you don't have me in. And then I was on my way back later on. He's like, oh. The Donovan McNabb, and he starts naming more guys. I was like, <laughs> he was I was really like, working guy, it. I was like, I was like, I give you a lot of credit. You know a lot about Syracuse. <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, it was probably like it was like a little over a mile, maybe a mile and a half or so away from where I was staying. So I just walked down there, you know, and um, and it's, I was like, oh, what movies play? And I go up to the. You know, they got all the people, hundreds of people outside taking pictures of the handprints and all that, where all the movie stars have put yeah. their hands in the cement. And I, I took a couple of pictures of that, but I really didn't care so much about it, you know, because I was there to see the movie. And I go down to the box office. I was like, um, I'm like, y'all going to, they were playing Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is what I was holding out for anyway, because I was gambling that that was going to be in it. My fear was... When I looked at the website, that was going to be that Skyscraper movie. I'm like, fuck, I want to see a movie in the Chinese theater. I really don't want to see the fucking rock movie Skyscraper. Right. You know? Because uh, it had come out that weekend anyway. And the girl in the box office, I'm like, uh, I was like, well, do y'all have movies? Are y'all playing the same movie tomorrow? She's like, yeah. And she, I was like, well, I might as well just buy the ticket now. Come back tomorrow. And she's like, oh, and she pulls, she's like, oh we can't do it tomorrow. The theater shut down because they're doing a red carpet premiere, you know? I don't know what they were premiering, but they were doing a red carpet premiere, which means they shut down the the Chinese theater itself for the day. And I look at my watch. It's 12.58. She's like, but Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to begin at 1. So I was just like, I was like, oh, are there good seats available? She's like, she's like, yeah, there's only like six people in there, and there's about 1,000 seats. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I was like, people don't go to the movie theater? She's like, well, it's pretty slow on a Monday. It just kills me because, you know, there's so much activity going outside. You know, you figure some of these people would be interested watching a movie in there that are all intrigued by Hollywood. You know? Well, I bet the majority of the people out there taking pictures don't even realize that, that they can go in and see a movie. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But, um... So I, I get a, a prime seat, and I go in there and sit in there. It's a beautiful theater. You know, like, it's like you feel you're sitting, like, in this classic theater, completely restored, you know, and everything's Chinese uh, motif, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, after the movie ended, I stayed around, was walking around, because it's a huge auditorium. Because now it's auditorium style. Like, obviously, it wasn't like that back in the day. You know, it was like your classic theater, but... What I did read was, you know, they had a basement, and when they renovated it, they made it stadium seating by taking out the basement, you know? Sure, sure. So now so now it's like, you know, your typical, which is which is awesome, you know? It's a freaking huge IMAX screen. Um and I and I 
So I was walking around the empty theater taking photos afterwards because it's just fucking really cool. And the problem is, you just, as long as you have the iPhone, you don't have some wide angle lens, you're never going to be able to get the picture you really want, but still. Right. Um, and then I come out of there beforehand when I looked it up, before I got out there, I was like, I saw about taking tours. I was like, the tours are 16 bucks. It was $20 to go see the movie, which I don't think is ridiculous because I think it would cost me 17 or 18 bucks to see the same movie in IMAX here, you know? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, so it's not like outrageous. It's not like I'm paying for the right to be in the Chinese theater. But I remember seeing that the tours of the theater were 16 bucks. I was like, who the fuck would want to take a tour over actually experiencing the theater? Like, who actually really cares about the theater that much? And I come out, and you walk out, and, and like in a lobby area, they got all these um, costumes from original movie costumes. Like, there's fucking James Dean's shit he wore in the movie Giant. They got Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. They got Darth Vader, Marilyn Monroe from, I forget what movie, um, Judy Garland might be from Wizard Oz. You know, behind glass cases, these are the original friggin' costumes and stuff. And in comes like 20 people in a group. And it's like, y'all are paying $16,000? Yeah, I guess this will be over in half the time, but why wouldn't you just want to see a movie in the theater? <laughs> Meanwhile, only six people, six or seven people paid to watch the movie that was playing in there, you know? Right. But I mean, to each his own, but still just baffles me, you know? Because it's, like, it's not no like you had to watch you a shitty movie. People... You got to see no, it's... a pretty good movie. Yeah, and it was. And I liked the original one, and I liked the second one. You know, it's a good, fun movie, you know? And it, um, but it kind of, it, it baffles me, but it's just funny because it's like, I don't know. I guess that's what people do on tours too, is they take tours. I mean, you know, yeah. like even when I, when I was in, when I was in, um, Mexico, I remember like my whole goal is to like not take tours like when i went to the pyramids it was like i looked up a website because i knew someone would have it and there was a girl that you know, this girl does her own blog and she was like how to see the pyramids without getting in a tour group you know right <laughs> but i think right. people just do it because it's a shortcut i guess it's easy you know yeah but, um, I, the time commitment is probably the biggest yeah variable yep but um, after that, and then you're there with, you know, it's families and shit. It's like the kids aren't going to sit still for the movie, you know. Um, the whole restless parent thing on vacation type of thing. The restless children, the overworked parent type of thing. But knowing what I know based on your insight, if I was so inclined to do that, I would just buy the movie ticket. And do my own thing and leave if I wanted to leave. Yeah. You, you mean, know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I guess you can see the guts of the theater, but who really cares about that? I mean, I don't. Yeah. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. I'd want to take a picture or at least experience the, the internal architecture yeah. and then see some of those cool costumes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like $20. You get to see a movie. You get to see his costumes. Yeah, I don't get to go back around the inner workings of an old movie theater, but 
I mean, okay, maybe Errol Flynn's autograph is somewhere back there, but who cares? <laughs> whoa, whoa, you didn't tell me Errol Flynn's autograph. I don't know there. if it is, but, uh, you know, there must be, there has to be some type of lore to it, you know? You heard it they, here first, folks. Yeah. Errol <laughs> Flynn's autograph for $4 less than just seeing a movie. <laughs> And experiencing the theater for what it was intended to be experienced. Yeah. All right. So this is all Monday afternoon. Yeah. And then to that point, I had to walk back. You know, I wear this Garmin thing. You know, you know, my my goal, my walk goal for each day is like seventy five hundred. You know, that's what it was. You know. Um. Initially, this thing starts off at 10,000, but you know, you gotta basically give up life to walk 10,000 steps a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to put in, uh, there's gotta be a workout yeah, in there that, that involves walking, you know, because yeah. I walk for a mile with a dog and it's only like 1,500 steps or something, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, and, um, you know, you, and I go to, like today, I went to the gym and, I probably only have done, let me see, I've, because my when I'm working during the week now that I'm working the desk job, the goal goes lower because obviously I don't have time to be walking all the time. So today my goal was only 59.60 and I'm at 62.90 now, you know? Yeah. I used to, when I was training for, the, uh, for that half marathon, my goal every day was 10,000 steps. But that's like five miles. Yeah, and you're trained for a marathon, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep, different ball game. Yep, um, I get it. So anyway, uh, so 10,000 steps is a lot, you know? So then I had to walk back from there, and this is nothing. I'm coming from the flatlands, too. And everything you walk out there is on some type of incline, you know? right. right. So I'm walking back. I had to walk back the mile and a half back to get to the place so I could pick up the key for good and everything, you know. And then I got back there, and I on the way back, and I remember I investigated this before I went out there, but then I kind of forgot about it. But then I passed it, you know, it was like three blocks away. I was like, oh, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Oh, yeah, I remember that was here. Um, do you remember the Upright Citizens Brigade? They're an improv troupe, and they had a show on – they had a show on Comedy Central, like in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I want to say Amy Poehler was in that. I think she might have originally been on it. Let me see. Um, but their theater, one of the theaters, um, was right around the corner from, uh, not right, like three blocks from where I was staying, like on the way back. You know, like it's right. a little like strip with restaurants and bars and stuff right there so i was like oh cool it's like four something at that point i pop in there and i'm talking to the lady uh you know who's behind the counter in the box office asking her about it she's like well all the shows are sold out tonight um i was like well what is the um She's like, but, you know, you can come and get your six o'clock. We put out a waiting list. And then five minutes before whatever show, we, you know, we let people on the waiting list know if they're going to come in or not, you know. So she's like, just come back at six, you know, and the first show was for seven. I was like, well, which one's most like something that would be 
were geared towards somebody like me who used to watch the show on Comedy Central. She's like, oh, well, the one at 7 o'clock, it's the Smokes. It's older, you know, performers who have been around a lot longer, you know? Okay. And um, so she's like, it's $7 cash. You know, so I come back at 6 <laughs> o'clock. Yeah, it's cheap as hell, yeah. you know, to go see something cool like this. And I, I go, I get back there right before 6 o'clock. And I, um, and they, they don't let you, they don't put the waiting out list out literally until six. You know, I walked in there like at five fifty-five. She's like, oh, we're going to put out a little bit. And I'm hanging out in there for a minute. And there's another guy in there. He's like, but you got to wait outside. I was like, ah, fuck. You know, because I <laughs> hustled down there and it's like, sure. you know, I'm in the AC. I was like, yeah. But while I'm out there, this other, this girl showed up there and she's like, oh, I started talking to her and she's like, uh, she had taken classes there and she performed some stuff around town, but she was waiting to get on, uh, one of the other, the waiting list for one of the other shows that night. You know, I was like, well, the odds, she's like, oh, it's pretty much 99% chance you get in, you know? And then, um, so I get my name on the waiting list. I'm the first one on the waiting list for that show. And I come back down like you know, a few minutes before seven, because they said five minutes before sevens when they'll announce it. So I get down there like 10 or 15 minutes early, you know? And, um, and they come, and while I'm there, there's a guy who walks past me. I was like, oh, that guy looks familiar. Like, not like famous, but like, I recognize his face from like being on some type of TV show. Right. You know, and then, uh, we get in there and then, uh, and I was like, I think it was like four guys and a girl, you know, that did it. You know, everybody on the waiting list gets in. They're like, oh, you can let everybody from the waiting list come in now, you know? So I don't know if they just sell all the tickets and people don't show up or if they just always do it away. Because that girl was like, oh, if you're on the waiting list, they'll let you in unless there's a guy that's just being a jerk that night or something, you know? <laughs> um, so it was like, generally, I'm not a huge improv fan because a lot of improv is bad. But I like okay. the Upright Citizens Brigade show, uh, like the TV show they had. And I appreciate when it's done by people who are actually good at it, you know? Right. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, what yeah, yeah. these people were, you know? And it, it was like an hour long, just under an hour long. And it's, they basically do two, they, they take a word, you know, and they do two separate 30 minute renditions on shit that comes out of this word. You know, okay, okay. So and it's like the first word was citronella, so they start out doing like something about gnats and stuff. And the second word was gummy, so they were doing this whole thing involving some wealthy guy who's like a candy baron or something. It's and that's as far as it's worth me explaining because improv's hard enough to understand when you're watching, even though this was funny as hell. But it definitely doesn't translate somebody describing what they saw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know man let's give it a shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that, you know. <laughs> so um the show is at 7 and mind you in my mind friggin Adam's getting out of 10 something or whatever to come and uh, pick me up to take me to a rock show, you know. Yeah. And uh but after I get out, I'm like, well, I gotta eat dinner now because I hadn't eaten anything all day, you know. At this point, I hadn't eaten anything like since I since the breakfast. The only thing I ate was the popcorn at the movie theater. 
Okay. Um, so I'm like, well, I'd better go find an out burger. I found the Hollywood in an out burger, which was, uh, which was really far away. Like it was over a mile and a half away. And I walked there cause that's what I do. I walk places, you know, if it's within a couple of miles, I'm going to walk there. Right. Um, especially cause you're on vacation in a city you're not familiar with. I like to see shit, you know? Yeah. And let's be honest. It's LA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's L.A., like, I mean, I could have easily taken an Uber, it would cost me like five bucks, but it's like, it, it's kind of cool to walk around. Plus, you walk, to walk there, you got to walk down Hollywood, so you're walking down the whole Walk of Fame, which is just kind of cool to see all the names, you know? And yeah. It's like, oh, that guy's got his name here multiple times, you know, which is funny. You see, there's a few people, you see their names, friggin' like, some of them three at least three times, you know? Because um, oh, really? I guess they'll have them in different capacities, you know? Okay. You know, because depending on what, you know, if you merit being on there three different times, you know, if you're a TV film and a recording star, you'll have three different stars, you know? Um, so, uh, so I get down to the end, and of course it's packed like hell, you know, inside. So you have to wait a little bit just to make your order, and you got to wait for your order to be ready. And I get my order, and it was good. And it was true, as Ryan said. Their fucking fries do suck, um, which is like, he's like, if you get animal style, get it on the fries. Don't get it on the burger, because the burger's good enough as it is. And yeah. The animal style just makes your burger soggy. So that's kind of what I did. I got a double with the fries, and I got a chocolate shake, which was wonderful. And it was Shake's a really delicious. good fast food burger. But yeah. I'm walking back, and at some point, like, I'm probably, like, a half mile away from my place at this point. Adam texts me. He's like, it'll be closer to, like, 11 or 11.30. I'm like, that's perfectly fine. And as I'm walking back, the friggin' the, my uh, tracker, fitness tracker, the Garmin, goes off, you know, like, buzzes. It's like, oh, you've reached... Your your steps goal times three, you know? <laughs> and it's like, and by the time I get back to the friggin' Airbnb, I'd already walked like 23,000 something steps that day. And I was like, all right, I just got to wait for this dude. And I laid down the bed and he's texting me. I'm like, all right, and I'm nodding off. And then finally I look at the phone and he had texted me. He's like, I'm out here, man. Where are you? And I called him. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I just crashed. I was like, I'll be out there in a minute. He's like, nah, dude, I get it. I get it. That's um that's that's cool. Uh he's like, he's like, stay in, it's fine. And we agreed we'd try to hook up the next day, but that didn't happen. Um, and then we were like supposed to hook up on Wednesday, and I you know, and I was like, Well, I'll be around during the day because my plane didn't leave till seven. Of course, he's like, Oh man, I gotta teach a lesson. He's like, all right, well. Next time, you know, if you're in New Orleans and or I come to LA, whoever comes next, we'll go hang out, you know. But uh, but but that was Monday, and then next day was my birthday, and I remember I had this big plan. It's like, oh, I'm gonna hike up to the top of the Hollywood sign, you know. Okay. Um, but I bit off more than I could chew in several ways. Uh, <laughs> for one, because I'd walk so much, I was just kind of beat. I didn't wake up near. I woke up. I just didn't get out of bed as early as I planned, you know? Yeah. 
Because, you know, it's that point of vacation where it's just like, fuck it, it's vacation. You know? Yeah. You got to relax. Yeah. And then I went, I was like, oh, I got to find somewhere to get some breakfast food. So I found a little place that made really good, like, biscuit breakfast sandwiches. Went there. And I was like, oh, well, I got to, I was like, okay, I'm looking up. Oh, these are the, the hikes up to the Hollywood sign, you know? At this point, it's like nine in the morning. Yeah, it's already getting kind of late, but it's like, uh, you got to get to this location for the trailhead, you know? And I was like, all right, why? Oh, you can take a bus there, you know? I'm like, all right, I'll do that, you know? It's like, you take a bus to the train station, the train will take you there, whatever. And then I guess you got to do a little walk. But after a certain bit, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, bus ain't coming. I'm like, fuck it, I'm walking. And I just mapped it out. And I fucking walked the whole way to the trailhead. By the time I get to the trailhead, it's like 10-something, almost 11 o'clock. And, um, and I've, already, I've already gone up over 1,000 feet in elevation. Right. <laughs> Do you ever uh, climb Christoffel in, uh, in Curacao? No, because I remember when we went there, Mike's warning about that. He's like, He's like, we could do that, but he's like, he's like, yeah, but that's not something you really do in the first trip. That's like you do in a second or third trip when you've run out of all the shit to do. <laughs> well, you can drive to to the start of the trail. Yeah. Or you can walk from the bottom of the mountain. And there was a point where those guys had gotten so bored with the the life you know, of being cyber bookies, that they would hike Christoffel every day. Like, they'd get up in the morning and they would try to do it in under, you know, X number of minutes and, you know, like, make nuts. A, a, a workout out of it. And after a while, they were just, like, going from the bottom of the mountain, which is double the length. Yeah. So, essentially, essentially what you did was walked you you hiked a hike before you got to the point yes where you had to start your hike and it was fucking stupid because i get <laughs> there and now it's getting into the middle of the fucking day the worst time of the day of course you know and i had it's plenty of noon. water yes and i'm like i get and i'm basically like halfway up the trail at this point but i'm still looking up and i'm like there's lots of rises to go and i'm like I was like, who who do I need to fucking prove this to? I'm plenty high up. I took a picture from the highest point. I'm like, that I was at. I'm like, this is fucking way high up, you know? Yeah. And yeah. uh and I was just like, I don't fucking need to fucking die to prove anything to anybody. <laughs> now that the Hollywood sign is in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, how much further would you have gone to get to the signs? How high are they? Well, I think, see, I think it's from the trail I was taking, I think it's maybe three miles up there or something, that trail. Like oh, round geez. trip, like you go up and you come back and it's supposed to be like three miles. But it's like an 850 foot rise in elevation from where the trailhead starts. Thing is, I tracked myself back downward. And where I went to where the trail from where the trailhead was, it was basically like over a thousand feet downward, you know, which means I fucking basically did 
was trying to do that hike twice over, which the whole point of me taking that hike was to not take the six mile hike, you know, right. because I knew I couldn't do that fucking hike. <laughs> so I basically fucked myself because, yeah. because it's like, because I hate the idea of getting in cars and shit, you know? you're Johnny Walker. Yep. Yep. And I screwed myself. And I finally, so I came out and I walked down to the bottom of the Hollywood Hills through the neighborhood because I was like, fuck this. I'm not calling an Uber from up here now since I walked right. all the way up here, even though it's right. a real pain walking downward still, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and when I get to the bottom, finally out, you spit out into more like uh, like town area down there, you know, where there's businesses and stuff, you know. Um, and I called a lift because I was getting 25% off all my lift rides, <laughs> um, which made it a few dollars cheaper than to take Uber everywhere. Sure. Uh, and I had him take me to Pink's. And you, I'm sure you've heard of Pink's Hot Dogs. Yeah. So that was yeah. on my list of places I need to go is Pink's Hot Dogs. So I get out there, and there was a, a long line because of tourists and stuff, which I was, and along with some regulars and stuff. And um, there was a lady standing right behind me in line with her family, and she was a little Asian lady, and her kids obviously were not completely 100% Asian because you could tell they were mixed, you know? Um, but like, uh, she's all I overheard. I'm like, they're like, you know, they were teenagers, you know, her kids. And um, the dog, they're like, why don't you go find us a table inside? Because there's like a back patio area at Pink's with like all these little tables with umbrellas, you know, back there. And she's like, all right, well, the, you know, just they're like, what do you want? Just go find a table. And she's like, oh, I want a chili dog, Dr. Pepper. And the brother's like, chili dog Dr. Pepper isn't on the menu. And she's like, <laughs> shut up. And I walk, he's like, I'm coming with you. And I, I turned to the lady and I was like, I appreciate your son's sense of humor. Trust me. She's like, oh, yeah, he says stuff like that. You know, he's, he's interesting. I was, like, I was like, yeah, he's a wise ass. And she looked at me kind of quizzical, like funny, like you're calling my son a wise ass? Like I insulted right. him. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's what he is. I'm a wise ass. I get it. <laughs> and then I started talking to her for a while, and she was really nice. You know, and she'd actually, she lives out, she was from Valencia. So we were talking for a while, and, uh, you know, and she, uh, somehow started talking about traveling. I was like, I'm Mexican. She's like, oh, my husband's actually Mexican, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, because oh, I was like, oh, you got to go to Mexico City. She's like, that's where he's from, but we've never been there and blah, blah, blah. And then she's telling me other things like this is strictly only stuff that would happen in California. And she's like, you know, our air conditioning was out for two years, you know. And she's like, sometimes it got really hot. But I was like, two fucking years. My air conditioning, literally my air conditioning was out the Sunday before I left. It went out. And, it, and I had to get it fixed that Monday. You know, my, I was like, my air conditioner was out friggin' for a day, and I thought I was going to die. I was like, the <laughs> idea that you were able to live two years without air conditioning, you know? And she's like, well, it got really hot sometimes. They had a few days where it was like 100-something where it stayed. It's like, yeah, but you could withstand that, you know? But at some point, it came to her that it was my birthday. 
But uh, I was ahead of the line, and I ordered my food. You know, and the way it happens, you order your food, and they prepare it all, and then they give it to you, and you move along. You know, it's a little stand, you know? Yeah. And you move along, and then you pay. And, I, and I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to pay. And But, like, a lot of the ladies that work there, they don't really speak English as a first language, you know? And, it, like, there's a disconnect. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, you're taking care of. I'm like, what, huh? And there's, like, a misunderstanding between what I'm saying and they're saying. And the other lady's like, oh, this lady paid for him. I'm like, what? I like to, she's like, happy birthday. And I was like, oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, thank you so much. And afterwards, when I was done, I went up to her and I got a photo with her. I'm like, thank you. I was like, that was so sweet. Her name was Joyce. She was a little cool Asian lady. And she bought me a little cool lady um, that was there. And she was, you know, she was basically, Valencia is like an exurb. You know, it's further out. I forget what yeah. county she said she was in. But, like, they were just doing, like, stuff you do, like, people from there. They went on tour Universal Studios earlier, you know, because that area is not far from Studio City where right. um, where Pink's is, you know. And so they were doing that, you know, just doing summer family stuff, you know. So I was really – that was really nice. And it, it definitely brightened up my birthday. Um, yeah, go Joyce. Yeah, yeah. So Joyce was fucking awesome. And then um, I went back, and one thing I was looking at was, I was like, oh, well, if I'm out here, it'd be cool to see something in the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, and what I saw was they were doing an L.A. Philharmonic Beethoven show in the Hollywood oh, Bowl that night. That's you cool. Know? That's cool. So I'm looking, and also what I'm thinking is you can probably get cheap tickets to that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was following on StubHub, you know, and I'm looking at it. And I was like, $13. I was like, oh, I can go lower than this. And finally, as low as it went was $6. Ends up being $9.70 with the StubHub fees, you know? Right. And I'm like, and it's like in the, you know, the furthest reaches of the bull. But I'm like, that is definitely worth going to see this place, you know, this cool venue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, so... I hold out to the last minute. It's like 7.30. And I'm looking, all right, well, we're good. thinking I could just take the ticket. Yeah, I bought it like it's 7.30 on the thing. Thinking I could just take the ticket on the phone and bring to it. And it's like, you got to print this ticket out. I'm, uh, like, I'm like, are you fucking serious? And the show was supposed to start at 8. And I'm scrambling around. I'm like, fuck. I was like, where is a print shop? I'm thinking there's going to be loads of 24-hour printers. You know, right. like kink office services in california and la and hollywood and it's like oh ups store uh open at eight o'clock 15 minute walk from you and i'll look at like 736 and i start hustling down there right <laughs> and i get there with a few minutes this a few minutes shy you know and i um uh, give him the print and then i and then i called the lift driver and i got in there like you know probably like you know, finally get settled into my seat like probably 15 minutes after the thing began. But it was it was really cool. Uh, I mean, had I been more prepared, A, I didn't have any type of jacket or anything because I was just going to L.A. But it gets cool there at night, especially when you're somewhere like that. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, um, especially like because it's like an amphitheater. So I'm all the way at the top because I'm in the last row, you know, the furthest from the stage. 
Are they just like concrete bleacher seats? They're like they're wooden wooden bleachers, basically. Okay. You know, I'm trying to remember. I think they had backs on them. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that I think it might have been like bleachers with like uh like with the long row back. I think it was. Yeah, I'm right. trying to think. That's like legit. they weren't bad accommodations, but you could bring in your own like. You could bring in your own beverages and food and stuff. I didn't know all this. I mean, I would have had I had I prepared better. I would have gone to the little market near me and bought food and wine and stuff. You know, right? Or brought the beers that I had at my Airbnb with me. But but uh, I just uh, wasn't prepared. But it was cool. Yeah, you were winging it. Yeah, and the whole plan was like, well, I was like afterwards when it gets out i was like i'm gonna go to koreatown because that was one of my goals to go to koreatown eat something i went to koreatown i got a recommendation for where to go from um this uh this girl who apparently had worked at the poorhouse at one time who's now a writer for tv shows who i was put in touch with a couple of months ago by another poorhouse alumni because she was reaching out on Facebook if anybody knew anything, had any inside info on New Orleans, like police or whatever. And another poorhouse employee put me in touch with, oh, get in touch with this guy. So I started exchanging emails with her about um, trying to hook her up with people that might be able to help her provide her insight for her show, you know, for writing her show. Okay. And then, um, but in between, and I, I started getting in touch with her. like, well, I'm heading out to LA. You got recommendations. She's like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was like, I'm going to change there. She recommended all kinds of other things. She's like, oh, change there is cool. But, you know, they got this there called the Arclight in Hollywood, which is like where all like the Hollywood types go, you know, like the people in the industry. I'm like, oh, right. and she's like, oh, my friend knows he's like a specialist in Koreatown restaurants and he recommends these places. So I went to one of those places. But in the end, I just got korean wings i didn't even give them the way i want it because i just didn't know and since i'm the white guy in the korean place <laughs> you know it's like when you go into chinatown or something you know like you if you're there by yourself and you really don't know what's going on you're kind of lacking you know yeah um so i didn't get exactly uh i mean i got the wings and they were good but i should have got the extra spicy ones because those are the ones they dip the difference between the ones i got because i read recommendations oh just get the fried wings blah 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 you know is that i'm pretty sure it's the same sauce it's just that if you order them spicy they actually toss them in the sauce if you order them just regular they give you the sauce on the side you know okay yeah, 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 yeah. and i i do like korean wings i made them at my house uh in the past year with a recipe because when they korean wings are made extra crispy you know they double fry them yeah. And then it's like, you know, it's tossed like in this, um, like I had to go to the Asian market to get the stuff for it. Gojuchang paste, you know, which is pepper paste. And you make the sauce out of that and you toss it in that. It's really freaking good. And you make it like the breading is like a uh, really wet, like um, thin uh, batter. You know, it's different than like a traditional like fry batter, you know? But it was cool that, I mean, at least I went to Koreatown. So that was, uh, you know, the places are open at two. I was there late night, you know, so I came back around midnight. And then the next day I was supposed to leave. I still had it. I was hoping to get Mexican with Adam, but then that didn't go down. But 
Next day, I had a lot of time to kill because I had to check out a place at 10. And then I went to this um, place to get breakfast, which apparently is kind of a well-known, like, breakfast place in Hollywood, you know, like kind of all these places to go. And yeah. the, the, the benefit of being alone is when you go to those busy breakfast places, there's always one seat open at the bar, you know? That's it. You know, That's so it. I got seated right away while people were all waiting in line, you know, and um, some guy was, what was it called? Griddle Cafe, I think it was called. And apparently it's kind of a famous type of place out there. And they serve these huge pancakes, which I got was the banana pancakes because it seemed like that's what they're known for, you know? But I ate three huge pancakes. I ate maybe a third (laughs) of it. And I was like, oh, I can't do anymore. And this guy who had... um, who was sitting, who was alone sitting next to me was telling me, he's like, he's like, that's a lot, dude. He's like, that's the equivalent of basically one pancake you ate. And those are huge pancakes. Um, but he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, this place is well known. It's like, you know, and there's a lot of famous people. He's like, probably while sitting here, probably three or four well-known people were dying in here. You just didn't even notice. I was like, yeah, I was like, well, I don't read people magazine. So I definitely probably didn't notice. I'm like, if it's not like Adam Sandler or, Chris Rock or some shit. (laughs) Right. It's like, there's only so many celebrities I'm going to notice right off the bat. You know, if it's some dude who's known for like some fucking bullshit show that like Grey's Anatomy or something, or even like that, I'm not going to know, you know, it's like, just cause that's not what I watch. And, um, but so it was an awesome breakfast. I will say that much. Uh, but then I left there and I headed to the uh, movie theater. Uh, but I had to go make change because I wanted to take the bus. Uh, the good thing about that, it was it gave me an opportunity to go into a Ralph's, which only means something because if you've seen Big Lebowski, you know, he's in the Ralph's. Yes, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was a, like, oh, I get to go into a, a Ralph's. That's a good obscure yes. Big Lebowski reference. I went there and bought like a pack of peanut M&M's. And went went to Rouse, and then I um, made my way to the movie theater, which was really cool. It, Did you pay by check at the movie theater? No, no, at, at Rouse. No, I just need. No, I did not. No, I did not pull the Lebowski. <laughs> no, because I was just trying to get changed that so I could ride on the bus, you know. Okay, all right. And um, and you never know how it's gonna be if they're gonna like. Yeah, you know, and I know it usually pisses bus drivers off anyway when you get up there when you don't have the exact change, even if they give change. And I was like, right. the last thing I want is fucking uh, $3.75 or whatever it was on a uh, on a card I'll never use. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know how they do that shit? Um, yep. So uh, I get to that theater and... I guess this is the original, but now they're like a small chain, and I know they got them in, I think there's there's one in Chicago, there's probably one in New York, but I when she told me about it, I started looking up, and it was like super upscale theater, like geared, it's not, it doesn't seem fancy, but it's just geared towards industry people, you know, so it's a little nicer, and they, yep. they basically any movie that could be out right now is out at the place. Because it is like where like those types will come, but anybody can go watch a movie there. 
So I went to see this movie called Eighth Grade, which I don't know if you heard about, but it's a very good movie. It's about it's directed by this dude Bo Burnham, who is a oh, yeah, um, yeah 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 yeah. You, you know where a, he went to high school? He went to your high school? No, he went to St. John's Prep. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. I'll say this much straight up before you even mention that. I never really was a big fan of Bo Burnham. I don't find him that funny. But that will make sense when I tell you the story. Okay. Um, so I, I do know he directed Chris Rock's most recent Netflix stand-up special. You know? I didn't even know he was a director, but he had directed that. And I saw that he directed this movie, and I read and heard a couple of really good things about the movie. It hasn't even hit the theaters here yet. You know, I'm sure it's been in New York for a couple of weeks. But you go into the movie theater, and for one, you know, she was like, oh, industry types. There's like a father with his daughters. But as I'm walking in, there's a guy sitting outside, right outside that theater. And he's got like a screenplay gone through it. I was like, oh, cool. It is industry types, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is pro- like it's sort of like a concierge movie experience. You know, and the tickets are like 18 bucks to go in. So it's a little bit more expensive than a regular because it wasn't IMAX or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a standard deaf indie movie, basically. Um, but before the movie begins, a dude from the theater comes out there and is like, welcome to Arclight, blah, blah, blah. You know, turn your phone off. You know, I think the reason they do that is because you know, people listen when people come and tell you as opposed to just on the screen. And also, right. it's like to let you know. He's like, I'll be standing back there to let you know if you're fucking around because you might be one of these just jamokes off the street who's paying to come see a movie, but there's people here who are in the industry that want to just literally are fucking watching the movie like it's their job. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and you're going to get tossed if you fuck around. Um and then because it's the industry theater sort of thing, like at the end, like um, there's a presentation that comes on the screen afterwards, which is just like a quick like five minute thing with Bo Burnham and, and like the star of it. Uh, the little girl that's the star of it was her name. Maybe Elsie. Was, eh, you can look it up right now. Um, okay. And it's funny how you mentioned the yearbook because it, you would be very interested in seeing it because what it is, it's a girl in her last two weeks of eighth grade before she's going to move on to high school. And she's kind of an awkward, lonely girl. And it's like with anybody, and it relates to anybody because, you know, I mean, she's dealing with the popular girls and shit, but it's like anybody, especially anybody that's gone through that awkward phase can relate to it, you know? Okay. And it's funny how when you were gone through your reminiscing about your yearbook. So I I definitely recommend you go see it because it kind of it kind of deals with that whole dynamic that's gone on in middle school, you know, middle junior high type of thing. All right, that that's interesting because when Bo Burnham first came out and he was just in high school and he was doing YouTube videos, I thought he was really funny. Okay. And he was smart, like his comedy was smart, and he uh, obviously was an intelligent kid who went to a prep school, and he, his vocabulary um, was, 
you know, not your typical high school kid. Um, and his timing was, was good, but you could tell he was just kind of working on, on being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Then when he became famous and he became Bo Burnham, the comedian, I didn't really enjoy his specials. Yeah. Cause I, th- they were a little too avant-garde. Well, he'd sit there like playing the piano and shit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I really just, it wasn't my humor. Right. But when he comes on at the end, he's talking about the movie and stuff. You know, he's there with the little girl and he's like, you know, it's a movie about a 13-year-old girl. And he's like, you know, people wondering, he's like, they always said I was a comedian for 13-year-old girls. <laughs> and he's like, so it's perfect that I'm the director of a movie about a 13-year-old girl. And I was like, yep, there it goes. Because what I knew is my niece, who is now going to be a sophomore in college, like when she was in high school, she was a big Bo Burnham fan. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, he, I was like, all right, he's basically speaking right to it, you know? Like, Bo Burnham's comedy definitely did not resonate with me because it was geared, I don't think it was geared towards, it just, you know, it gravitated towards that set, you know? I don't know, I guess maybe he was sort of, maybe his stuff is more sensitive and quirky than the stuff I'm more into, you know? But I definitely give him chops because... He's obviously damn talented. I don't know how much great directing goes in a stand-up special, but I do know some goes into it, and I enjoyed the Chris Rock special. But I do know for sure that that's a damn good movie. You know, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated for... He might not get nominated for an Oscar since they only nominate five people and he's so new, and the movie came out this time of year and not later in the year. But he'll get some type of nominations, you know? Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, you definitely I didn't should hear about should, it. Yeah, you definitely should see it. Like, it's one of those things. It's like I think, and it's and and you can see the quirky comedy in him because, um, because there's some funny scenes in it. You know, just like there's some shit that's just like it's it it is it is your classic you laugh and cry movie. You know, okay. Yeah, so I I definitely recommend it. But this is funny. The dad, she she lives with her dad, you know, her 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 single parent home, divorced parents, you know. They they only talk about the mother, but you you gather that the mother left the father, you know, and he has the daughter, you know. And um and I'm like that actor looks familiar and then it dawned on me. And this is where everything ties back. It was the co-star of the movie Freak Talks About Sex, which takes place in Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Who's in that? Steve Zahn. Steve is, Zahn, yeah. Yes, and Josh Hamilton is the co-star, and that's who plays the father of the girl in eighth grade. Ah, no shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It all comes back as like, Oh, that's the guy from the movie that takes place in Syracuse where they're in lookers and everything in the carousel mall. <laughs> so that was cool. And when I got out, I was text. I'm like, I got to find. So I was like, I'm not going to make it down into like the parts of L.A. to get Mexican food. I'm texting Adam. I'm like, what time should I leave to get to the airport? Flights for seven. He's like, probably four o'clock because, you know, traffic. It's a month, it's Wednesday, work day. 
you know, after taking a cut, it's going to get a lot worse. And of course, during that time, I get noticed that my plane got delayed to like nine something, you know, so I ended up not leaving until nine something, but I was like, still didn't have time to screw around because the traffic's going to be shitty anyway. It's just so, going to keep getting but worse. I didn't, yeah. yeah, it's going to keep getting worse. So you still, the, it saves you maybe a half hour because at that point, he's like, oh, well, if that's the case, he's like, you might as well leave for 430 because he's like, also, he's like, I've had the shit before where they del- delay the flight and then they undelay it and they don't tell you when they undelay it and then right, you're fucked. Right. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, um, I'm looking around I'm like, well, I, got, I still haven't eaten any Mexican. And I see like two blocks away from me is Danny Trejo's, can- Trejo's can- Cantina, Danny Trejo Machete. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I got to go there. And I went there. And um, that's the equivalent of eating Guy Fieri's. In yeah, New York yeah, City. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, gotta go to Trejo's, you know. And um, and even though it was overpriced and all that shit, but it was Danny Trejo's. I was gonna get a shirt, but they had one one shirt that was in. They had, they didn't have any sizes for me, and they were like, oh, we're we'll in. And it was a, it like, was a it was a Los Angeles Dodgers number forty two Jackie not, Robinson t shirt. Unfortunately <laughs> not. No, but it was a. I was like, well, I got to get the shirt because I I didn't even buy any. I bought a magnet. It's the only souvenir I bought. Yes, I, and, I was, and I wouldn't have got, bought that anyway, but I was telling, we're in Santa Monica. I was telling Ryan, I was like, yeah, I, I usually only buy magnets because they're easy to to transport, you know? Right. And, and, you know, you throw it on the fridge, big deal. You don't have some tchotchke that you got to carry around. You know, it's like slips right in a pack. But I was going to buy a shirt. I was like, fuck it. I got to buy a Trejo's Cantina shirt. And she's like, well, here's an XL. And I put it over the shirt I was wearing. And it was kind of loose. I'm like, I was like, you don't have a large? Because I'm like at that tweener point right now where depending on the yeah, brand yeah, of yeah. shirt, it's either an XL yeah. or large. And she's like, no. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to buy something I'm not comfortable. I'm not going to drop $25 on the shirt that I really don't like the way it fits. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I said, fuck it. But hey, you know, took some pictures and sent them to BP because, you know, um, he loves the machete movies. You know, I know we saw at least one of them together, you know. So he appreciated it. Like, all right, man. Machete. So that was it. And I got to the airport and the plane was not undelayed. But the way this whole fucking project works, they want you to tell them weeks ahead how many hours you're going to work. So I told him I would do 20 hours since I come back on Thursday and Friday. I was like, 10 hours a day. I can do that, you know? But originally yeah. that was when my flight was going to land at 1230. I could be in bed by 2 in the morning and wake up and be at the office by 8, you know? Okay. I get in, plane touches down 230. I don't get to bed till 4 o'clock in the morning. I wake up next day Oof. and I didn't go in until like 1030 a little bit after 1030. I'm like, Oh, I can only do eight hours. So on Friday, I had to do 12 hours. Oh. You know, I was like, oh, because two months ago, I had to tell them how many hours I was going to work. Yes. You know? How ridiculous Yeah. All oh, because two months ago, I thought I didn't know my flight was going to be delayed two months ago. Right. You know, but fucking it. And then I just kind of decompressed that whole first weekend because it was like, finally, I need time to just do nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it is when you come back from a vacation. Oh, of course, man. Yeah. Of course. I went to the Poconos for two weeks and did nothing, and I needed two weeks to decompress. <laughs> yeah. 
thought about that today, the Poconos, because, um, because as I was searching for my dress, I came across the drawer in the spare bedroom there that's full of koozies, and I came across my foam Poconos koozie I bought at that liquor store we went to. Oh, uh, yeah, because we made a beer run or something. Yeah, yeah, we made a beer run. I bought a Poconos, and it's one of those hard foam ones, you know, the ones that, not like the modern flat ones. It's the classic one, you know? Oh, my God, it's so funny you mentioned that because for on my bike, I have a uh, a cup holder, but somewhere in the last 10 years since I've had the bike, I lost the koozie that goes in is the insert. And you can't find the hard foam koozies anymore, except in the Poconos. Yeah, and I yeah, just bought myself one. <laughs> I just bought myself one. Nice. So it's funny how you said because today I went and saw Jago, and he just came back from a week in in Florida. You know, him and the wife and the kids and another family. They went and got a con, you know, a couple of condos. We're hanging out, and he was talking.